This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I am Eric Branson, and with me as always, my friends and co-hosts, Joe Peterson and Ryan Steiskel. How's it going tonight, guys? Hey, it's going pretty good. Um, we're here. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Ready. <laughs> That's what I... 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 I did not watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for um, your take on it. <laughs> yeah, I, you should go uh, ahead and just tell us what you think grade. of it right now, so... Okay, uh, I think that John Lithau is great. I didn't need to see a movie. Uh, I didn't need to see the movie with him in it because he's he's a treasure. Damn um, right he is. No. <laughs> but but you know the depiction of mental health. What can you do? Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that in a moment. And uh, in the meantime, Good, like me. what? Uh, how have you guys been doing? Um, is there anything uh, you guys have been? watching reading consuming media of any sort that you'd like to um recommend or give us a, a quick plug on um anything well, you're excited I, about I, I'm, I'm gonna be the guy who's not gonna talk about disney plus um though yeah i've been oh, watching that a yeah, lot too. by default you just did so <laughs> by default i'm not gonna talk about like what i've been watching on it um Disney Plus is actually, gonna be such old news by the time. Oh, actually, no, we're actually almost caught up, caught up to our yeah, air dates yeah. right now. So no, actually, what really one of the be. a new show that I have been watching, and I was a bit I don't want to say apprehensive about it, but I was a little curious. Like, is this something I'm gonna like, or are they gonna totally botch it up? And that's HBO's Watchmen series. Oh yeah, I've heard I good heard things. It's doing great. I'm loving it. I'm absolutely Dude. loving it. It's when when uh, DC Comics a couple years ago came out with the before Watchmen comics because that was one of the biggest critics criticisms about the original watchman comic book was uh, the short 12 issue run in the 80s was like this is it this is alan moore's like that's all you're getting and mm-hmm. these were such good characters you wanted to see more of them or more of this world that they built and alan moore was like no because he's alan moore and then they came out with <laughs> before watchman and it was like cool it's watchman stuff but it's not really um it didn't really have the right feel it felt too forced this yeah. i'm really impressed with like I'm, cool, I'm yeah, absolutely I'm, loving this one. I'm actually kind of psyched to check it out. I wasn't until I started reading about it, and then I was like, "Oh, okay, I kind of get what they're doing here." And reading that it's good, I'm kind of excited to see it. So, yes, what about you, Ryan? Anything it. that a... I've been staring at a wall blankly, wondering where my life's going. Yeah, well. Oh, that's our... sorry. That was supposed to be an inner thought. <laughs> no, I uh, I've been watching disney plus i'll say i'll be the guy who says it <laughs> yeah me but too haven't we all disney plus does a good job of like hey here's mandalorian which is great uh-huh. uh i love the show that's the greatest star wars thing i think i've ever seen in the longest time maybe ever uh, no, and kidding. i don't hate any of the other star wars things but i like it's great but at the same time it's reminded me of like wow i liked a lot of bullshit when i was younger i mean but that's that's classic that's normal um but we are my girlfriend and i have just finished uh peggy carter started and finished and i'm like this wasn't terrible 
But uh, of course, anytime you have like a lead fucking female character, you have to. The writers feel like they have to throw her in a love triangle, and I fucking hate that yeah. shit all yeah, the time. Especially now old, that you've seen news. Endgame, yeah. and you're like, these poor well, bastards don't even know. I, that was a criticism I heard about the show too. Was like they had some really cool opportunities, and ultimately, it still goes down to a lot of the same tropes that we really should be past by now. It sucks, but the first season I thought was actually really good. It didn't really focus on that. It focused on her, like, you know, struggling with um, Captain America, which kind of, it made sense. But in the second season, it's just like, I don't care. Actually, multiple times, the whole time they showed a scene where that's happening, I'm screaming out loud, I don't care. It just derails. It does it with everything. I used to watch Buffy. They did it with Buffy. They, it, it's like, hopefully down the line... People will realize that, you know, women like action too, and they don't always want to see a love triangle <laughs> in their main characters. Yeah. Just as much as as a guy, I don't want to see it in a male character or female. I don't care. No one cares. Like, it's not, it's. You mean every woman in the world bullshit. isn't having her heartstrings tugged on by two different, very opposite men that she has to choose between? Like. It's just, yeah. It's just. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. Anyways, any no, but Peggy Carter was actually I, pretty good. If you can ignore that, I was gonna that, say I had zero interest in watching that show, but if you think it's worth it, I I might uh... <laughs> It's pretty fun. Yeah. It's actually pretty fun. Um, but it's like you don't need to see it if you don't want to see it. If you went this long without seeing it, that's fine. But it's it's not a bad thing to check out if you just hey I want to check out a two seasons show. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Eric? What have you been watching? Well, yesterday I had a kind of a disappointment, and I finally saw the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark movie, which I don't know if anyone has, uh, if you guys have seen that one. It was on my watch list, yeah. Um, I would say keep it there. It's it's probably worth ta- uh, taking a glance at, but it was not my favorite thing in the world. Um, it's a pretty... Here's what annoys me about it. It's a pretty standard Guillermo del Toro script with scary stories to tell of the dark imagery kind of shoehorned in which the imagery is great it's creepy as hell just like the illustrations from those the classic books we kind of grew up with but um everything else about it just kind of seems like they i think that what i what i wrote uh back to as a reply to joe actually on facebook is it felt like they were like it's an anthology film that kind of forgot about the actual stories and got too obsessed with its wraparound and um yeah i don't know i really wanted to like it because it's it looks really cool like and that's why i recommend you still watch it because visually it's 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 definitely got that creepy kind of feel to it but yeah at the end of the day i felt a little let down by it but that's as far as i'll go well maybe we'll review some you know just something to leave on the table for someday but um let's review this movie yeah, yeah. I'm ready. I, I <laughs> bet you are ready. ready. I'm far from prepared. You're about as ready, ready as you're going to gonna get. get through this. <laughs> yeah. So I'm expecting I'm big eager. contributions you guys, from you. You guys tell me. So. Tell me what is Raising Cain? Well, Raising I'll Cain be the is, for the is the film we're going to talk about tonight. And this uh, is a... Any is Quick question. Is it any relation to Citizen? Um, or Arizona. Only distant, or Arizona. No. It's it's a movie. <laughs> That's my one joke. So is Citizen I'll be here Kane. All night. So yeah. <laughs> um, it's the sequel to. It's the prequel to Citizen Kane, Raising Kane. Yeah. So to clarify, tonight's movie that we're going to be talking about is the 1992 Brian De Palma film, Raising Kane. Looks like she was put in the car when she was still alive and then drowned. Like, look at her nails. 
See how they're cut and torn? Looks like she was trying to claw her way out. You should see the expression on her face. You know, I hate to bring this up, but you are married to the perfect man. I don't know. Car popped up out of Half Moon Marsh. Got a woman's body in it. And he's becoming awfully compulsive with Amy. He doesn't just take care of her. He studies her. What do we got now? Two moms disappear from the same playground. You could get us all put away for good. I have this horrible feeling that it has something to do with his father. I did nothing. I don't even exist. This thing you're doing means everything to the old man. I won't hurt her. She'll hurt you. We gotta find these women now. I don't want to be walking behind any lousy coffins. I want to know what you've done with Amy! I don't know where she is! I do. Uh, you should never have gotten out. Dr. Walheim! You're nothing but a cheap hoodlum. I am what you made me, Dad. I know what you're going to do. It's a bad thing, and I'm gonna tell. It was Bobsy! It's my wife. You saw us in the park together, didn't you? I'm not gonna let that loving wife of yours sell you down the river. Give me my child! What do you think? I think... very confident that it was 93 though Eric. Uh, yeah i almost misspoke because we got all confused with our uh other we're, we're doing as the other part of our um two-part special on uh, what are we calling it split personalities or psych psychological yeah disorders? pretty much like split, split personalities I think it started out as good. psychological ended up like well they're yeah. both about split personalities is uh the movie the dark Ooh, half and we had some yeah. date discrepancy due to mgm's um putting the wrong date on their dvd so anyway um, always a good sign for a movie yeah well but i hear so, this is a cult classic so this so. one i mean it well this is the second de palma film that we've yeah so it might be the first time we're revisiting when we didn't like intentionally do a bunch by the same filmmaker the first time we're revisiting a filmmaker uh but we did do carrie as well so um also a brian de palma film uh before we dive into um all of that let me get you and we a... did uh you know don't forget the phantom yeah phantom of the paradise oh so yeah so wow we've third done de palma three <laughs> brian de palma films yeah i to, I, I guess like, i did one forget of the about phantom few for movies that i actually recommended yeah. <laughs> so of course i heard remember that um let me get you a quick synopsis. Raising Cain from Master of Terror, Brian De Palma comes this stylish psychological thriller that will keep you on the edge of your seat until the final frame. Carter Nix is a respected psychologist, loving husband, and devoted father who decided to take a year off to help raise his daughter. Carter's wife, Jenny, is pleased to have the her attentive husband home at first. When Carter shows obsessive behavior towards their daughter, Jenny becomes concerned, and to complicate matters, Jenny's old flame re-enters her life. But nothing can prepare her for the emergence of Carter's multiple personalities and a fiendish plot to recreate the infamous experiments of his deranged father. It all adds up to a roller coaster ride of heart-pounding suspense and stunning visuals in a film that New York Times calls a delirious thriller. So, yeah, Raising Kane. So, uh, stunning question. Stunning as, as a person who hasn't seen it, uh, did New York was New York Times correct? 
I mean, de delirious. Yes, I think they were correct on that part, that word of yeah, the review. Stunning so. visuals. I don't. I I that... can't think of a stunning visual. Well, I can't. Okay. Brian De Palma. I just think his style is fantastic. Like everything he does is very like visual. He's a visual storyteller. Like, um, well, he 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 he's inspired by other cinema. He repeats what he what he enjoys. Right, you know? so but he, he I think he and this is still yeah. the '90s. So I mean, we're talking quite quite a while ago now. But um, it's it's also somewhere in the middle of his filmography. So you know, Carrie and the Fa and Phantom of the Paradise, all that stuff is has passed. He's already a, you know, he's already done. What year did the Untouchables come out? Has he already done the Untouchables? Any, uh, I anyway, um, he's already a big name filmmaker, no longer struggling in the trenches. So he's kind of got, you know, Scarface too. Like Scarface yeah. was already yeah, done. Scarface was yeah. kind of the one that made him, and then Untouchables obviously was a huge, huge deal. Um, and but I think he's, you know, unlike a lot of people that kind of sterilize themselves when they get into the big Hollywood, um. That sounds uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um he he's kept a really strong sense of visual storytelling and, and just kind of using the camera and lighting and stuff in a in an expressive way, not not in a um He's no, he's, he's not a realist. Like and that that, that okay. tends to be your general yeah. Hollywood style is you're going for realism with everything. We were talking about that with like Marvel is movies that... and stuff the other day. Um It's not Zack Snyder. <laughs> well, you know. He's definitely a stylist in his own right as well, whether or not yeah, he's you know, successful. Yeah, you're, you're right. But, I know he is. Yeah. So anyway, that's that. De Palma's always sorry. I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong, Joe. Necessarily, this isn't maybe his most stunning movie, but he's always more visual than his some of his peers. Like, just, yeah, I just yeah. think that when I hear the phrase "stunning visuals," I think of like, yeah. you know, some kind of visual effects or something like that. They're like dazzling. You know, we did a little trailer review for, you know, Color Out of Space. And, the, yeah, the stunning visuals. Like, what the hell is that thing? And this is like, ah, it's John Lithgow talking to himself. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, this, I don't know. My big problem with this one, I couldn't decide if the movie could decide what kind of film it wanted to be. Because it almost borders yeah. on self-parody at times. It does. No, <laughs> really? It's, it is... It's very De Palma uneven. pulling out all the stops, writing a script that, and he admittedly, like I, I, I read a bit about the film on the special features and stuff, and um, he and his uh, wife and um, producing partner uh, Gail Ann Hurd, um, admittedly, like tried to throw. He like literally said he tried to throw as many twists and turns into this as possible, so that the you know it kind of made. I, I think he was trying to literally like make the viewer so, feel like they were having personality shifts. He did it with the style of the film. He did it with the, you know, the, the pace of the film. What happens is it really damages the film at the end of the day. It doesn't really work. So, like, so it's more of the twists and turns kind of give you like a, like a whiplash more than it does like a, yeah. And the, the pace thing is yeah. really what bugged me is like, it would be going like frantic, um, for a minute, even in the editing style and the way they were shooting it to like these really long, which which were impressive in themselves technically, but these long like walk and talk um, police station scenes that went on forever, and um, yeah, and and it just it did it like literally every U turn it could try and throw you, it would just like bait you. It was like if M Night Shyamalan wrote an M Night Shyamalan ending twenty times in a movie. Um, I don't know. Joe, do you think that's so, any of that's accurate? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do. And I think this is actually 
a, a good example of uh, what De Palma does. He's got his movies that are really great and that are, um, you know, like these critically acclaimed and he's really making these big statements and stuff like that. Or not even just statements, but he's really doing something different. And then mm-hmm. he just puts out films that are kind of, um, which I don't know. I mean, I know he's been comp- he's been compared a bit to Hitchcock and I can kind of see some of that. Because Hitchcock did this too. Not every Hitchcock movie, and I, well, this is going to be a fucked up thing to say on a podcast, but not every Hitchcock movie was great. Yeah, I mean, that's true. You know, <laughs> so there you've got great ones, bookending stuff that's just kind of filler in between. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a TV series. You know, you got your filler episodes. This is a filler Brian De Palma film. Yeah, it's it feels like, like yeah, that. It's it... got it's got his mark on it, but there, you've got scenes that are interesting enough to keep your attention and then in between it's almost like he just told the editor come up with something and it just feels patched together so Mm -hmm. the the movie is so uneven in tone and it even feels like there's unevenness in how they made it in the in like the 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 shots and everything feel really strange there were parts of this movie that i felt like i was watching the room and then there's parts (laughs) that are like oh this is kind of cool I mean, yeah, my brow just did like a. Cringe there was when some, you said that. yeah, there was some stuff that I, yeah, I agree. Like it, there was some stuff where I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking, like, I'm not sure what he's thinking with this. Like, um, being a filmmaker that I'm a big fan of, like, it's it, this a, mo- a movie of his I've not seen. It was interesting because it's like, okay, well, I, I'm really not getting what he's going for here. And being that it's De Palma, and not that I, not that I'm, you know saying he's the greatest filmmaker ever, but I am kind of a fan of his work. And um, he just, I I assume he's, he's doing, you know, he's making these choices for a reason. He's not, you know, what's his name? Tommy Wiseau. (laughs) Speaking of the room. Um, Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah. There's reasons that he's making these decisions, but it, I just don't think it ended up working at the end of the day. Like it's, there are so many great things about this movie um, but is at it? the end of the so far, none of you no, guys but have really convinced me. There is John Lithgow's incredible in it. The cast in general is pretty good, but John Lithgow's great. Um, well, he's always great. and he's funny he's, he's and he's third, just he is the every, third rock from the yeah. Sun. I was gonna say everything he does in this movie is really good, but does it actually work? You know, as a film all put together, it 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 yeah yeah. It's it it's tough, but yeah, there's good how, stuff about it is... style wise. I, I think. De Palma's on point with his technical, like in the style of the film. It's very, it's a very good looking movie, but it just, okay. the narrative is all over the place and it's a mess. Well, can I ask, uh, that's why I was going to ask you guys next. Like you, you guys are definitely telling me how, how the, how it's shot. Uh, how is the narrative? Uh, cause I, uh, what I understand about it, cause I did at least like look up a synopsis on Wikipedia <laughs> to kind of give me an idea um which by the way didn't really convince me i kind of have like an aversion to poorly depicted mental health movies at times like i'm become more and more like like eh. where the joker i think depicts uh mental health issues uh in a very like shocking deep way um i don't know multiple personality disorder is definitely something that's a little bit more complicated and usually well, it's, over it's, it's, yeah, it's easy saying, canon extremely so, easy film canon fodder <laughs> yeah yeah you know, and it's been done well. And... So, well, so my question with this is this, like, I know that they add, like, this this whole, like, oh, not only is he uh, a person of trauma, so, of course, like, cool, 
demonized trauma. <laughs> um, but also, you know, uh, has to deal with uh, uh, an adulterous wife, correct? So tell me, tell me, how is how good is this story? Are the characters worth liking? Uh, no, no, I, no. Are there any likable characters in this, like at all? Like I, the, the I don't little, think that's a good girl. I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, probably not. Little, I, she's got no presence fine. either. Like. <laughs> No, she's just she's like pretty um, much a doll half the time. But. Well, not only that, to to sell it to you further, Ryan, this also has a nice, really strong, um, feeling of child children in danger, like very, very disturbingly. Oh yeah, that's um, what I want. Like uh, he is collecting children the whole movie, which is yeah. not any of the synopsis. I noticed they leave that out, but it is um, no, it's is in it Wikipedia. Not? Yeah, so he's I, collecting children to continue, you know, experimenting on them the way he was experimented on as a child um he doesn't actually have multiple personality disorder per se but is create he's kind of a monster created by his crazy father who ends up being real maybe at the end of the movie um i guess (laughs) Uh, that's the one question i kind of had because it kind of hints that like it, it mentions it doesn't doesn't clarify that you know it just mentions like oh he's redoing what his dad wants because his dad wants the experiment yeah like, oh so it's his dad's alive technically know, so. left open-ended but the the events of the film the way they play out couldn't have played out the way they did if if he wasn't really there like so i don't know what do you think joe about the is is the father real or is he another personality i i took it as real because in that Towards the, you know at the very end, there's the wonderful scene of zero uh, creative exposition where it's like the mom and her friends standing in the park, and she's like, "So here's everything that happened," and she says something about, <laughs> "Yes, he faked his death." And he, was, I hate that. I hate info dumps. Movies. Just huge yeah. info dumps. I mean, it's the it's the exact opposite of like the superhero super villain. Like, I'm going to tell you my entire plan, Mister Bond. You know, it's the yeah. opposite. You have of a that. character well, whose whole purpose you know to, what it is? is to either tell exposition or receive exposition. Yeah, and yeah. this it's, it's lazy fil- storytelling, filmmaking storytelling. Oh. However, it's lazy storytelling. Yeah. It's which I expect yeah. better from you know the likes of De Palma, but I don't know. He has hits and misses. He does. I mean, everyone does. That's, it's fine, <laughs> so, but yeah. it's. I think the fact that they went out, like he admittedly went out to try and make a movie that was like a mind fuck or whatever and just confusing and he just tried way too hard to make this like everywhere there could be a twist it's there including like there's an entire like sequence at the end where they're chasing um or they're yeah chasing the the father the old john lithgow and the little girl through a motel and they foreshadowed like over and over and over again this like giant there's this construction going on this truck that's got this like giant what, what what exactly was it but it's a giant like pointy something coming out of the back of it um yeah like this this big thing. it looks like a big arrow like the head of an arrow um i don't know it was a, a piece of something that they were fixing uh but they foreshadow over and over and over again that oh this is dangerous this shouldn't be hanging off the back of this truck and they show the truck over and over again and they show the thing and so you know at some point this is going to stab somebody right that's just how films are set up like you because you or it's it's gonna play into something that's gonna happen yeah you know? it's the good old screenwriting rule that if you're gonna have a gun in act three you want to show the gun in act one right so um or make sure people know yeah, it's but there um, beat them over the head with the yeah gun. but this is shown like over and over and over again and then he just like literally has it 
break instead of stabbing the person at the end. Like, he's like, oh, I did all that now, and it didn't play out the way you thought. I'm so clever. But it really wasn't. It was really kind of just like, oh, my God, why they spend all the time doing that? It's just such a... Well, and, and the, the numerous long scenes of this construction all the, workers... All the walking hanging, trucks? Hanging oh, around yeah. said truck and <laughs> yeah. just mumbling you can't make well, and out the, the one guy saying. that keeps yelling about how it's dangerous too like that's gonna hurt somebody like da 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 it's like so yeah. just beating you over the head with it I mean, and then R- just ryan, to break the yeah. rule i mean ryan you asked Same. about the narrative i i had the hardest time following the narrative in this it's yeah it's really... very disjointed it's not it's told and, and... out of order kind of and yeah, it's all over the place. It's I, I can understand movies that have lots of twists and turns, and those can be complicated too. They but they're good enough stories where it's like I want to watch it again to make sure I caught everything. This is well, like this is like being dropped in the middle of a corn maze that you really didn't want to be in in the first place. You're like fuck it, just I'm just gonna cut uh, through the actually, walls and yeah, leave. I, you know, <laughs> I'm well aware of that feeling. Actually, the fact that you've said that is just like holy shit. You just made me draw back to like I remember being forced to go into like haunted corn mazes, and I'm like I never wanted to be a part of and this. I, so when you just said it that, it might have been one of the most midwestern <laughs> things I've ever said. <laughs> yeah, corn yeah. maze. What, what is this I'm corn just, maze you speak of? I don't know. Corn yeah, maze. No, it's just like yeah, it, it's the the story so didn't we, really make. I had I had to go onto Wikipedia afterwards to read it, and be like, all right, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, well, and there well, there's like two or three places in this movie where somebody is dead or dies, uh, very definitively, in my opinion, the way the story is going. Then all of a sudden they're not dead, like especially his his wife. There's he kills wife. his wife. She drowns in a car. You watch the whole thing happen. And then suddenly she's like attacking him and saving her daughter. Or no, they're actually sorry, the daughter's it missing. Sounds, but like that sounds exactly like a situation where you shot two different scenes and you're like, Well, I kinda like both. Throw them both in there. He's crazy. <laughs> There's also really all. long dream sequences that Yeah. Just- that i mean so you know, there's the classic like oh this was all this crazy thing was all a dream sequence thing but these go on way too long well and you're not like, ever sure the affair with her you know former lover that um she's having you're never sure how far it's really progressed in real life and how much carter has made up in his head um because they show like two or three different versions of the scene where they're like, you know, fucking in the woods or whatever, or maybe they're just talking, or maybe they were kissing. Um, it goes to, to the three different levels of um, that, and you're never sure which one is really the case and which one's his paranoia. Again, I think I get what De Palma was doing, but it doesn't make it entertain like a fun movie to watch. Like it's just this is just making me call back to the. The killer song, Mr. Brightside. The whole song's about, like, somebody assuming the worst out of their partner. Um, yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, <laughs> quick you, side you, note. You'd be to, better to off just listen. listening to that song on repeat for two hours than probably watching Raising Cain. It's not a bad song. <laughs> it's not Actually, a bad the whole song. Album, Hot Plus, followed by Sam's Town, which, uh, now that I'm older and more mature, probably their best album they ever made. It's definitely not Battleborn. Anyways, this is a movie. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll be a debate we have at another time. But um, now, th- same bad time. Th- th- this same bad channel. I, I really wasn't. This the best it's... thing about. I, I can I can say the the one thing I looked forward to the most excited about with this movie was really the the rolling of the credits. 
I yeah, I it, it wore on you as well. And, and by the time you figured <laughs> so, out like that, you got like three quarters through this thing and figured out that it was literally, you know, the filmmakers fucking with you. Um, I think it just made you mad at that point. You're like, okay, this is just wasting my time. Um, I'm so and, happy and, I didn't see this movie. And honestly, <laughs> I, I like John Lithgow. I've, I've liked him ever since I saw him and stuff as a kid. I think he can play, uh, you know, he can, he can, play a lovable character he can play a terrifying villain he can, he can play a play lovable anything, villain literally he's but great. I, I i felt like some of the hey. personalities that he's doing in this um and i could totally be wrong in this this is just my perspective as a viewer it felt like some of some of it was so hammed up that i wonder if de palma pushed him to do that because i mean this and I know that that he can, guy, he can get hammy. I've seen him do it in other films, but some he knows of it, better. John Warfin wasn't enough hammy character, was he? No. Right, but I just... okay. So hey, you know what? You know what, guys? Not just you guys. I'm talking to the viewers now, as like a Deadpool fourth wall break. Guys, we know where these reviews are gonna go. Hell, you're only gonna get two out of three because one guy didn't even fucking watch the movie. That's we know true. where it's gonna yeah. go. Let's instead. Spend the next few minutes talking about the best John performances that we've seen. Uh, recently, he he did a he did a skit on uh, on um, Stephen Colbert as as Mayor uh, Giuliani, oh, really? which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that. it's great. So let's talk. I about mean, that. honestly, let's, I think the first thing I moment. saw him in was Harry and the Hendersons when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. And, oh, and I remember that Third too. Rock he played Sun. Harry, right? And then Third Rock, of course, was great. honestly I think the 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 most impactful role, other than Harry and the Hendersons, just because it was I was a kid when I saw it and it stuck with me. Like he'll always be the dad from Harry and the Hendersons. Um, right. But uh, Dexter. Yeah. I was gonna he say was great he like Trinity that's Killer. Like the long, yeah, in... longest exposure to a character that I've seen him Holy play. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, and it fucks it fucks you up because you know him for more lovable roles. Uh huh. So yeah. Well, and also Santa Claus the movie is like the evil CEO in Santa Claus the movie with Dudley Moore. (laughs) Yep, I remember from that. How about the and of course a great performance in uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I was gonna I was gonna bring that up. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Eric. Yeah. And that's one that's a more recent discovery of mine. But I love he's he's fantastic in many things but really dexter's the one that like was the next level of my appreciation for him and then then looking back on like all, all of this stuff that even in this even in raising kane he's he's great he does so many different things with the role it's just he does it does it's There's not a good some, movie some of the personalities in this so, i will say some of the personalities he does in this is, is very very good but actually it's the personality of kane himself that like the kind of bad guy one that i was yeah within about five seconds so, i was like "Ugh, this guy's gonna be a so, chore so now that you know so now that we've talked about his previous performances do you guys feel a little bit better because because i felt like that we were reaching some yeah, it makes me want to go watch better john lithgow movies yeah i feel i yeah, feel better as in Let's like warm fuzzy that. memories of things but like i don't think lithgow is the problem with this movie he's he's great no. in it even though it's a bad movie like it just yeah um I think my biggest problem with this is just, I don't know, I love the like I love the way De Palma tells a story, but visually and such, but this story is not interesting without all the, like, 
twists and turns and whatever. It's just really soap opera bullshit, kind of like I don't know. It's just and even the like you said the the days the, the multiple personality the thing is not taken mind. seriously whatsoever. Yeah. So I'm not really offended by that, but it's just you know it's it's not worth caring about really at the end of the day. Um, on that note, do you guys just want to grade it then? Yeah, I mean, I think I, <laughs> yeah, I've I mean, said pretty much. Pretty much. Well, uh, okay. One more comment, if you want to hear something else God that damn it, sucks Eric. about it, is uh, <laughs> the the police in the movie are literally the cinema's stupidest cops. Um. So yeah. Anyway, are they New York City cops? Um. Where did this even take place? Uh, I just want to make yeah. A they might have been. Reference. I don't know. Yeah. Because the strokes say it best, New York City cops, they ain't too smart. <laughs> I think this is... Anyway, yeah, we so. can grade it. I'm just... Uh... I don't even know where this take, takes place either. They talk a lot about, like, sending kids to Norway, it's okay. which was it's, weird, but... Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Kidnapping Shh, kids, send them to Norway. It's okay. Great. Yeah. So, okay. I don't know, Eric, what do you think? If you had to give this one a grade... Uh, I love the De Palma-ness of the style of the movie. I love Lithgow. Everything else is crap. The script sucks. The pace of the movie is so just off-putting. Uh, the way it just... Each little, like, vignette of has this whole different feel to it. Um, would I say it's worth a watch? No. It There's enough good things about it to compliment, but, uh, no, don't watch it. It's... I guess I'm gonna give it a D, but only because I think it's competently made. I like the look of it, and Lithgow's great. The, the cast in general's good. Um, it's a D. Hmm. Joe? Um, well, I'll agree that the cast is doing the best that they can with what they're given. Um, but that being said, with what they're they're not, you know, they're they're given a broken thing to play with, and. Um, you know, the the pacing was shit. The script was shit. The story was was pretty much uh, undecipherable. It felt like it was being made up on the fly. If I didn't know better about how films were made, I would have thought this was this was shot in order of every scene, and he was just making it up as he went. Uh, and, and again, I have this kind of relationship I, with the Palma films. Like they're either really good or they're just blah. And this one's a blah. And you know, you've got really really good actors that can be in some really shitty films. And this is one yeah. of them, so I I'm not going to be as generous. I'm going to give this one an F. It's not yeah. worth watching. I only, uh, only don't, don't sour a, your visuals of John Lithgow with this. Yeah, I, I bounce this up to a D based on some of the other things we've given an F. It's not quite that bad, but I can't give it better than that. So look at you with your bell curve. Mm. Well, seeing that I didn't see it, uh, my review is I'm definitely not convinced on seeing it i don't think anyone's shocked about that no, <laughs> no. well i'd be surprised i'd be shocked if you were you like i don't know a d and an f i think i want to watch this i'd be a little like why <laughs> i i'm 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 d to f that's what the kids say right d to f oh, yeah i'm God. sure that's what they it's all down say. to fuck by the way yeah. thanks for spelling that out for us i don't think we all picked that up what can i say <laughs> the abcs of love but, I mean, next week, though, I think we're going to be looking at something a little bit different. And, you know, it's funny yeah, because and I was telling you guys about this before that um, we we planned these two movies. And I don't think we initially said, oh, movies about split personalities. It was more like just psychological horror or psychological mm -hmm. thrillers. And they both ended up being films about split personalities. And after I watched these two, I noticed that on HBO, um, the movie Glass, 
is on there now, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. And I watched that, literally, I think the same day I watched Raising Cain. And I was like, what the hell is it with like, the split personality movies lately? <laughs> it's like all I'm watching. Yeah. So, <laughs> go, watch that instead of Raising Cain. It was mildly yeah. better. But, uh, watch Dexter, season four. Yeah. Don't go watch beyond Watch anything that. else don't, with John Lithgow. Don't go right. beyond that. Watch Buckaroo Banzai. So, I'm just going to say that at the end of every Buckaroo review, Banzai. even if we like a movie. Watch, so. Go watch Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> I'm now going to hold Eric. I'm going to hold Eric to that from now on. Like, it's now recorded. But otherwise, we've got some other cool stuff coming up in the future. We are going to be continuing this conversation, I guess, kind of on the split personality movies. Next week with The Dark Half, we'll be talking about the uh, George Romero, Stephen King film uh, there. I saw that one. I saw that. And and Ryan actually watched this one, so we'll be able to talk about it. I actually did. I wish I didn't. Spoilers. Oh, oh, well, we have a lot to talk about with that one. And then we've got some other stuff coming up as we round out the uh, end of the year, right, Eric? Um, yes, we uh, are going to check out, with uh, special guest Nate Volker, we're going to check out Flight of the Dragons. We're going to do our first ever live movie watch show, where we're going to be checking out a special, an oh-so-special movie for Christmas. And uh, then after that, we're going to check out the Heroes of the Silver Screen, um, we'll call it that. But we're going to be checking out... Um, old film serial adaptations. For some reason, there was a little run of... Uh, in the one in the late 90s of doing adaptations of old film serial heroes. Like, if you guys are wondering what I'm talking about, I'll finally let the cat out of the bag. We're going to be looking at the movie The Phantom, The Shadow, The Rocketeer, and Dick Tracy. So, um, yeah, lot, lots get, of Get interesting... your 1940s hard on. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Um, and not only that, we actually have... Like, maybe, maybe we post it before this came out. Maybe we post it after, because we're trying our best here. Don't fucking judge us. <laughs> um, we have a discussion show on Martin Scorsese versus Marvel, as well as a trailer review. We're trying things yeah. Yeah. here. Yeah, so uh, playing up with the video either, a little bit more. You know? You've either already heard it and love it, or you're waiting to hear it and waiting to love it. So, that's... So, spoilers, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I'm not sure know. when that one's coming <laughs> out, but... <laughs> But do it. But do it. If you've seen uh, Raising Cane and Sorry. share our value or lack of value, uh, an opinion in it, or, or you have an interest or you have other thoughts or comments on the film, please feel free to drop us a line and let us know what you think. You can find us on We're Facebook. We're also always happy to talk about John Lithgow. So. Yeah. And John Lithgow, too. You can find us on Facebook at our regular Video Junk Air Podcast Facebook page or the Video Junk Air Podcast Facebook group. You can find us at, send us a line, at, uh, an email at videojunkyardpodcast at gmail.com or send us a tweet at videojunkpod, which is our Twitter handle. We would love to hear from you. And if you write it, we will read it and we will have a discussion about it. So feel free to join in on the conversation. Okay, now say goodbye. Goodbye. I want to thank everybody for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast as we reviewed this film. Hopefully next week will be a better one. (laughs) It almost has to be. Have a good evening, everybody. Good night. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but... I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. 
We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast all one word want to thank you again for listening and keep digging who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard.